Dude, I should share the show out, out though. Hey, everybody, we're live. Dave, you just started the damn thing by blowing out people's speakers. Come he on. He did. He started. <laughs> See, I don't think it posted here. Where is it? Yeah. Oh, there it is. I got it. Hey, everybody, welcome to the pre-show. This is the part of the show where we talk about what we're going to do on the show. News and stuff. Uh, mostly Star Trek. It's oddly enough. That's just how everything sort of happened mm. uh, today. Unless you guys mm. have stuff, something to add. It can be in the uh, what we did this week part, but I did go see Shazam, Fury of I the have, Gods. I do have that. I did up. not. Yeah, I did not. I heard it was not great, but yeah, we'll get the skinny on that. So yeah, let's just get into it. <laughs> Are you okay, Dave? Yes. He found that hilarious. I did. <laughs> let's do it. So out of it this week. Mm-hmm. So tired, so busy this past week. No. Andy, check in. That's right, Andy. You beat us to it, though. But I did actually um, start watching on Picard. Oh, nice. We'll talk about it. That's what I was going to talk about. Hell yeah. I am not caught up, though. Oh, wait. Spoilers, I just, yeah, that's fine. I just haven't seen the most recent one, is all. Greetings, Pete. Welcome back. Another Seboda, this game, Comics, Hour Games, Comic Book, Shit Talk Show. Shit Talk Show! I was waiting, Dave. Shit. What? No, Dave, no, geez, what? Taylor. The hey, mute Taylor. icon on my, um, on my screen didn't go off until you, like, finished yours talking oh. for whatever reason. Well, then you kind of overcompensated. He did. <laughs> he really went all in after the error. Uh, Dave, Dave Taylor went and saw Shazam, <laughs> Fury of the, of the Gods. Mary Marvel looking amazing. But how was it? I, I've heard ter- only terrible things. Actually, I then, can't get back. A lot of people have said, you know what? I liked it. it but it did not. Yeah, I mean... If a lot of people are saying they didn't are like saying terrible things, they are all out of their fucking mind. This was oh, wow. pretty good. Hell yeah! Like, I liked okay. the first one. It was good. I suppose that the pandemic did the biggest disservice to this compared to a lot of other movies because you know you are dealing with a lot of child actors, and you know the big delay definitely killed a lot of its momentum. But the first okay. movie is, I think, the best of this era of the DC movies. Nice. Um, I guess you could. I guess it probably Not loses crazy. out to the Suicide Squad at this point, the the James Gunn one. But I love that. Other than that, it really doesn't have a lot of competition. The first movie was legitimately yeah. very, very good. I don't think this is quite as good as that, but it's still a lot of fun. It has a good blend of action and humor. Um, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it still also knows when to let a serious moment be a serious moment. Nice. Um, it does a pretty good job balancing the different characters. There, there are a few things where, like, you know, they, they kind of, like, pull solutions out of their ass, especially at the end of the movie. But yeah. for the most part, it is a very enjoyable, definitely better than average DC movie. And I don't right. understand all the hate that it seems to be getting. So Wonder Woman was spoiled in a trailer. But is the after credit scene, like... I've read it already, but it's like kind of important. It's kind of like a big deal, right? The after credit scene. Um, it's honestly hard to say because we're in like the this after- transition period. Yes, the after- okay. So that's the thing. The after credit scene seems to be setting up. Oh, spoilers, I guess. 
Yeah. Um, the people from Peacemaker show up and they're trying to recruit Billy right. into the Justice Society. I, Is that still happening? I don't know. I have no idea what their plans are with that because I don't know if that's something they added in specifically to say, yeah, we're going to keep using Shazam even amidst all the turnover here. Or if that's something that was going to be in the movie anyway and now is no longer valid because of all the turnover that they've been having. I'm not there. sure if it's not valid. I mean, Peacemaker's not going away. There's the fact that it was Peacemaker characters does yeah. give some credence to the idea that this actually is... They're going to continue using the Shazam franchise. And if they are going to use any of these movies from before the uh, the transition that they're doing, I hope it is this one. These are easily the best. Cool. I think it'd be cool to see these characters, these actors in the Peacemaker show. And I think they'd be better served there than doing a whole movie. This doesn't need a third movie. That's for sure. They definitely set up for one because the other post credit scene is basically revisiting the previous post credit scene. Yeah. Dr. Shivani or whatever the hell is Dr. Savannah and Mr. Mind who are like, if, Okay, so Shazam does not have a super well-known rogues gallery, but those are like the two biggest names from Shazam's rogues gallery. Yeah. Unless uh, you want to count Mirren Black Adam, this, I guess. Helen Mirren in this, I'm hearing, is really good. Like she is She's really good in it. Um, Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren are both really effective as villains. Um, the romance subplot, I don't know that they actually needed in this movie, where uh, Freddie Freeman... Um, kept, well, actually, they make a pretty good joke about that. Um None of them really know what to call themselves. They don't have official superhero names. And I interpret that as a fun, like, wink and a nudge of the audience about this character having a really difficult publication history when it comes to using certain names. Nice. No, One person, I, I think not. I think the guy who was the actor in the uh, Shazam show from the 70s does call him Captain Marvel in the movie, but it's just part of a... Sling of other character, other names that they use for him. Yeah, and at one point, um, the character who is not actually called but is Captain Marvel Junior. refers to Captain Marvel as Captain Every Power Junior, which I thought was also kind of a fun wink at the yeah. audience. Nice. So yeah, this movie knows how to have fun with itself. It knows, um, it d- makes good use of its characters. It's fun to see the little magical wrinkles that they throw in, like a like a pin that basically like serves as their like magical search engine for things. Yeah. Uh, in the James Gunn era that's coming around, uh, the Shazam movies certainly feel like they fit into a, what James Gunn typically does with his movies. You know, yeah. I mean, more the top than the first Shazam movie was, but he knows how to have fun. Yeah. That first Shazam movie honestly kind of got ahead of the trend a little bit by shitting all over the Snyder movies. Right, right. You know, there was that scene where, like, the kid is, like, playing with his Batman and Superman action figures, and he's making them fight each other, but then he sees Sam out the window, and then he, like, drops the action figures, whatever. That seems to me like a saying, like, hey, let's get away from Batman versus Superman type of movies, and let's just have some fucking fun. Yeah, so if anything, I think these movies could continue in one way or another, at least these characters. I hope they do. These, this was a good movie. This is, pound for pound, the best franchise that the DC movies have going, you know? Yeah, and Dr. Savani and whatever... Savannah. Whatever, those two motherfuckers, they could carry over. Mr. Mind. Those actors aren't big enough where they're, like, you know, gonna go and do, not do a show. Mark Strong stays pretty busy, but yeah, they could, he's not, like, A-list, sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dave, segment one, did you do anything fun this week? Anything worth mentioning? Before we dig into TV? I did get uh, the Rock Viper, the classified Rock Viper on order. 
Nice, nice. Uh, uh, I nice. didn't go for Big Ben because I wasn't really a fan. Well, you're of... Range Viper, right? Range Viper, yeah. There yeah. is a ro- there are rock vipers. There are rock vipers. They're There's not too many edge. vipers in the Cobra. There's a lot of vipers. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Range Viper. Jump... Yeah, I, I didn't jump on those two. A Range Viper for me is not a one figure buy. That's at well, least three, possibly four. Yeah, but the thing um, is, compared to its its like original run counterpart, that is such a glow up there. Oh no, 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 for sure, for sure. I think all the classified are are head but, and shoulders above. Yeah, but no that that particular that particular figure just yeah. got like you know, like a tenfold improvement. Yeah. No, it was. Really, uh, it is really nice. Other than I have, that, I have like six on pre-order, dude. I have so many GI uh, Joes on pre-order. Right I did. Now. I also, I also did get a, a pre-ordered Cottonmouth and Scrap Iron. So it's a whole. It's yeah. a. It's a Cobra. Uh, operatives coming my way sometime in the near future. Yeah, sometime this year, probably yeah. September. Uh, Cottonmouth that, is one of those characters who sounds like it could be Cobra or a Joe to me. Is that a Cobra? It, yeah, it is a, a cobra. cobra. Okay, he, he was the pilot of the water moccasin. I always thought it was weird that like one of the most iconic Joes is Snake Eyes, dude. And the nemesis wrong. who does work for Cobra is Storm Shadow. I really, yeah. I honestly think they might have mixed the names up at some yeah. point. and especially because his main villain has such a serpent theme to everything. Yeah, uh, Dave. Yeah. What else? Um, this week, this coming week, I believe the new uh, BattleTech Mercenaries Kickstarter is dropping. Oh, fun! The twenty second or the twenty third. So I'm fun. looking forward to it. Very cool. Cool. Uh, TV. What did I do this week? I watched a shit ton of TV. Last of Us uh, wrapped one of the best seasons of TV ever, in my uh, in my opinion. It was so damn good. I cried so many times. Um. I love how the arguments, you know, about Joel's decision came up again with everybody pulling details out that weren't in the narrative. You know, that's the only way people can make an argument. You're not really supposed to do that. It's basic philosophy, you know, is what's going on here at the end of this show. But um, really good. You got to catch up. No spoilers. Mando. Everybody caught up on Mando? Yep. I am caught up on Mando. Dude, Bo-Katan. Yeah, it off. She's been a real badass the last couple of weeks. Although this uh-huh. episode of The Mandalorian wasn't really an episode of The Mandalorian so much. No, but... I did hear a lot of gripes about that. It was more I'm not against these it. Two jokers. Um, it honestly I... felt like more of an ep- something they would do on Andor more so than Mando. Dude, but... I did. I did kind of enjoy the change of pace for this episode. Yeah, because it kind of gave us it kind of gave us one of them like rare glimpses into like the New Republic that we don't get to see. That's true. And honestly, okay, so. I don't really feel positive or negative about it. I just find it curious is all, you know? Yeah. Where are the, what, what did they actually take from that thing? That box is obviously going to be important. And we know this dude definitely has, um, you know, connections to Grogu and that story from season one. Yeah. So. I mean, I, the, I, I'm more the, muted that the Imperials are kind of, kind of tying up some loose ends here. I, I scuttlebutt is that this is like the origin point for there being a Palpatine clone in, uh, yes. The sequel trilogy. Yes. And there's the Bad Batch is actually leaning into that a little bit as well, which mm. we don't really talk about. It a little bit. It is a little bit. Although, I, I, I think I think the Bad Batch is more along the lines of trying to perfect the Death Troopers. Mm. So the things we already saw in Mando? The things we yeah. already saw in Mando because uh old EU lore was the 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 generation zero and generation one death troopers were cyberni- cybernetic clones. See, but that's what I'm saying. One thing I am a little confused about 
as far as like the empire scheme is going here. Um, so they really just needed him to like identify the materials they needed for the cloning because they actually did not use his own skill set there because they just left him to fry there at the end. I yeah. don't think I don't think it's necessarily you would find the materials you need to clone on a star destroyer. Well, that's all they got out of him was yeah, those materials. That's the only that's thing the, they I don't see any other point to what they did other than I, that. I well, think we don't he know what's set, in that box. I think it was more of a setup by the the communications officer. Uh, Why would she bother? Ellie. Why would she give a shit about doing that to this guy? Because you know? she she managed to get through the um the re whatever the, the the institution programs and she's she knew what this guy could do. And basically, she's still an Imperial agent, and she's tying up loose ends. If this yeah, guy talks my, about I, the cloning I, process, the, yeah. the Republic would figure out that they're trying that you know, cause in... She could have just shot him in the head. She could have just sent him up to cover, the, though. That she could have arranged it to look like an accident. If that was... If the point I was she did arrange it to make... I think she silence. did arrange it to make an if this accident. Guy, if it was just to silence this guy, there are way less convoluted ways to do it, and it does not make any sense that she yeah, went through such elaborate lengths. Yeah, I just trying to silence the guy. I think that she wanted whatever he knew was on that ship. She knew that he knew where it was, and they could go get it. Yeah. But it was also to set him up. To I like, like Dave Maybe said. it was both, but I feel like... It, yeah. It yeah. could not have been her sole purpose. Exactly. Was she was definitely guy. going there to get that thing. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, what does that mean? We don't know yet, but we'll find out. And then finally, Picard. I mean, oh my gosh. It's so damn good. It's TNG just with everything, with all the nostalgia. And the big spoiler for the latest episode is Ensign Rowe is back. Um, is she that's not instant? even the spoiler, really. I mean, that's. She's so good. She's so freaking awesome. She's a commander now. Maquis shit going on. Just the Maquis are still dude. around? There are members of the Maquis, ex-members of the Maquis that are still around. But no, the Maquis is not an actual... I thought the Cardassians, when they joined the Dominion, the Maquis got ma wiped out. A lot of them did, but the ones who were in prison or the ones who were in the Delta Quadrant were not. We'll talk more about that later. Let's get into news. And news sucks this week. Again, I thought we were deep, deep, deep into con season, but we're not. So uh, we have a few stories. Um, Master Replicas has picked up all of the stuff, all of the uh, leftover stock that the now defunct Eagle Moss had, including their Star Trek starships. Which went live today. You can pre-order these right now on masterreplicas.com. Uh, it's a great line. I have a lot of them. Now, when you say they picked up the stock, they didn't pick up like you know everything to make lines again, make new new models or miniatures again. No, there is no there is no confirmation that they're going to continue to press any of these diecast models. They just picked up the extra stock that they had, but obviously it's enough stock. Where you know it made the purchase of Eagle Moss's leftover stock worthwhile. Mm. Um, these are great ships. They come in like two or three different sizes. I have quite a few of them. I need to actually replace some that have broken. Um, but yeah, it's a fun little nod to everything that is uh, Star Trek. And Taylor, if you've watched Picard, they were selling these ships. Yeah, in I was about the first to say this was... of Picard. This was, yeah, and Riker yeah. was complaining that no one wanted to pick up the Enterprise D. That's one of the ones I need to have replaced, actually. Mm. 
Now, of course, we as fans of the show, that's like the go-to one to get, of course. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But just of. a lot of really fun ships in this line. Um it, it eventually was over four hundred ships that they had in this line. Um, so there's very limited quantities. We're not sure what I'm not even sure what the pricing is yet. I didn't even go look. Um, the first wave has 25 ships with each one available for two weeks or until it sells out. Mm. Um, in some cases, it'll be sold without the magazine that typically comes with it um, because they don't have that stock. You know what I mean? It's a really weird situation with these, but it's really cool that these – my favorite collectible, my favorite Star Trek collectible of all time are these little Eagle Moss ships. They are so cool. And it's really fun that, you know, we're going to be able to pick them back up now. So no word yet on any of the other stock that Eagle Moss was doing that included well, What was some of the other things, like chess pieces and stuff? Uh, they look like little chess pieces, but uh, little Marvel and DC figurines, little statues. They also had a really fun line of sort of build-a-thing. Like it was a build-a-thing subscription service where you would build the Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters, for example. And every two weeks, they'd send you one part. So by the end of the first six weeks, you had the front half of the car. And then, you know what I mean? And then the top of the car. It was, it was really cool, you know. Um, but, yeah, I feel bad for those guys who's, who've got half of an Ecto-1 sitting on a shelf and can't get the rest of the parts, you know. Um, anyway, moving on. Digital Comics. Uh, earlier this year and late last year, we brought you the news about Comixology, Amazon company, basically just stopping. Um, they still have comics on there, but the experience has just really gotten bad. The reader was pushed in with the Kindle service, which is made for novels and other sorts of books and really isn't conducive to a reading experience that you need for comics on a screen. So now there's a company, Global Comics. They will have an app out by first quarter 2023. We're talking maybe March, April, May, somewhere around there. Um, they're going to have demos at C2E2, March 31st to April 2nd. They have added, confirmed, Image, Boom, Archie, Tokyo Pop, also NBM Graphics, um, a whole lot more. Um I don't know, man. They got Valiant, Top Cow, Source Point, T Pub, TKO, Bad Egg, Interpop, Mad Cave, Humanoids. It really feels like there are companies, publishers, that are leaning into these other platforms. And that leads us to Omnibus, which is another digital comics app that's coming out. Mm. It's going to be available iPhone, Android, PC, and Mac, which is different than Global Comics as of now. But I'm sure, you know, Global Comics will come out with a desktop app. But um, this is exactly what is supposed to happen in the industry. All right. When there is a, 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 an available avenue to publish comics, if, if you crack open a place for them to fill, they are going to fill it up. And this is a good thing. This it does thing. seem really odd the way Amazon just kind of fumbled this year because they had acquired Basically, a company that had already cornered the market, you know, that had already like edged out the competition and they fucked it so hard that it's really opened the door for a lot of competition here. It's it's part of the course of what Amazon does. It is. I just why, you know, why acquire it in the first place for however much you paid for it? Because you're just going to squander it like so. 
because if, if, if Amazon had something in the in the wings that they were going to use, that would be the reason why. But Amazon doesn't have anything in the wings. But typically when Amazon buys a company. Which circles out, back to why they did this. Exactly. Yeah. In, in modern times, dude, in our system, it's easier for them to take a loss. It's just, it was just easier. It, it raises their stock if they're cornering a market with an acquisition. But in, in lean times like we're having now, it makes better sense for them to go thinner, cut loose, you know, the, the stuff that's not making them as much money. And then the whole cycle starts over and over and over again. Because comics have had great, the past, you know, two years have been amazing for comics. So you're right. It doesn't make sense. But if you look at the way the system works, it makes perfect sense in the context of the system, which is a really bad problem. But I'm happy that we are in a system where competitors now have an avenue. They have, you know, a light that they can get in and work the system by giving us something good. Uh, no news about Marvel or DC yet. They have exclusive shit with Comixology still, which is very weird. But we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes. I mean, you guys read digital comics at all? Not really, but no. I definitely understand that... In the 21st century, you know, this is obviously a very important part of the comic books industry is, you know, digital yeah. distribution. Yeah. And I, I read a lot of digital um, and I'm happy that we're going to get more platforms where I'll be able to do that. I'm very happy about that. All right. Last bit of news. I told you it's a week week. Uh, but Hellfire Gala, probably the big news of the week. It's going to be a one shot again. Uh, it's going to launch just before the fall of X. It's going to upend Krakoa as we know it. Uh, yeah, Gary Duggan, the, all the artists on this, Chris Anka, Joshua Casaro, Russell Dodderman, Adam Kubert, Pepe Larraz, R.B. Silva, and Luciano Vecchio. Um, this is coming out in July. A giant size one shot. Uh, the free comic book day book is sort of hinting that the Uncanny X-Men, or the Uncanny Avengers, pardon me, are going to be coming back. Um, you know, with that Cap. Definitely seems to be the case, yeah. Um, Silver. I'm trying to think how long it was ago that they did the initial Uncanny Avengers. Oh, it was had, Remender. It's a minute, yeah. It was Remender, so it's been years. Eight or nine years, at least. Yeah, maybe. it's been a while. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I also heard that apparently they're doing, like, a live meeting for, like, the Hellfire Gala this year. That yeah. is right. At D23, the official Disney fan club convention, they're going to have a real-life X-Men Hellfire Gala. It's going to be great food. People are going to be dressed in the nines. The cosplay is going to be just off the hook. I yeah, can't I'd wait. love to see some. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll share a lot of the best cosplays on like you know official avenues and everything. But yeah, that's the thing that I'm most excited about for this. Yeah, me too, man. Very excited about this. Um, so yeah, the Hellfire Gala has been a cool thing since it's been a thing at the beginning of of Hickman's whole run, and I guess this is going to be the last one. You know, um, is there a spoiler on here with? With Club? With Dr. Stasis, yeah. I was about to mention yeah. that uh, he has been the uh, the odd one out of among really all the has. Sinisters in the uh, in the current uh, event. Going. Yeah. He's, yeah. He got cacked by uh, Mother Righteous in like, the first issue of her book. And so I guess he's coming back with a vengeance once this whole um, event is over, once he gets reset again. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I don't know. I, I don't want to see the Krakoa agent quite so soon, but I understand why they are going to. 
I hope they up the fashion better than what's on the page here. But well, also, I, I did see a, I did see a somebody teasing some artwork on Twitter for Medusa from the Inhumans, and it looked pretty good. Oh, nice! That'd be fun. We haven't we're seen very many Inhumans that I remember in any of these galas. So that should be yeah, fun. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, it looks like we're also getting Captain Krakoa back, possibly in this Uncanny Avengers. We'll see what yeah. happens there. Uh, but yeah, it's really all about the in real life Hellfire Gala. That sounds like so much fun, so much fun. So yeah, we'll have more on that in July. Hopefully, there'll be more news, and then let's do food. Mmm, yummy. Just despicable food news this week. Uh, Denny's, Denny's is the first one. Um, they're launching like a new menu and stuff like that. It's got a bunch of stuff on it, but the reason we're picking this one is. It's an augmented reality menu. So you go, yeah, you go into the restaurant, you pull out the menu, you know, you're handed the menu, you pull out your phone and you scan the the menu with it and shit starts happening on your phone and you see, I don't know what the hell you see. What are you going to see? What's the food going to do on the phone? It's going to rotate. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess you'll see how it looks on the table before you get it or something. I don't I don't really see this enhancing the dining experience very much. I mean, it might be like maybe at Denny's, <laughs> maybe at Denny's, <laughs> but I don't know. It seems like a novelty that would wear out before you used it. You finished the meal the first time you used it, you know, dude, can you imagine a fucking waitress saying, oh, and these are augmented AR menus. And the old ass bitch who she's sitting down be like, what's that mean? And her having to explain. I don't do want your woke menu. Yeah, I don't want your woke I, menu. I mean, the clientele want- at Denny's in particular, it's yes, you, I would assume is. You, yeah. Thank you. And that's not a bash on Denny's at all. I'm it sure isn't, but is I don't know. It's just, it seems like. o'clock in the morning when you're it, drunk. It just seems like people who are going to Denny's are not, you know, the most tech savvy lot. I don't know. That seems like a stereotype, and I'm okay with it because I agree with it. Yeah. (laughs) And and above and beyond that, I am very tech-savvy. I have a couple of degrees in technology. I would never fucking do this. If I walked in and like, oh, we have AR menus, I'd probably leave. I'd probably leave. What, I got to wear my Google glasses to read your fucking menu? I just don't see how it adds anything. The technology's not there to support this. Yeah, I mean, what is it going to be, Johnny Mnemonic with Denny's? You're going to be... Looking in, v- in virtual reality to watch your sandwich get made? Oh, come on. Bro. I mean, are they come saving on. money on like having to print off menus? I don't understand why this gains anyone anything. Yeah, I don't understand either. What are you gonna see on the on your phone when you scan the menu? What it, I don't I mean, even though that sandwich in the middle with the jalapenos, it looks okay. It, a lot of this food right. looks fine. Yeah, it looks okay. Yeah. I don't think those hash browns would sit very well, but like, you know, the pancake, the onion, there's like a brisket on mac and cheese there. Yeah, there's a uh, mac and cheese brisket, my friend. Yeah. That looks and, really um, good. Yeah, so all, all those look fine. You know, no knock against the actual food itself here, but the concept of Denny's virtual menu, or sorry, augmented reality menu, you. it just seems absurd. It does. It does. All right, Food News 2. The Volcano Menu is back at Taco Bell June 29th. We never miss Taco Bell news on this show. No, that's Got to keep our, our ear to the ground on that one, yeah. No, that's yeah, that's, just, yeah that's, that is actually the food news first, that started this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, because of the uh, whole Mexican pizza ordeal. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Doja Cat. We love you. 
But man, okay, so a volcano associated with Taco Bell can only make me think that someone is just blasting ass in the bathroom. <laughs> Danny's talking about Danny's for old people, stoners, and drunks here in Minnesota. So for everyone, he's I'm wrong. pretty sure I'm pretty sure that is a shared experience across the U.S. of <laughs> yeah. A. There, Andy. Yeah. Um. So it's going to be a volcano burrito, volcano taco. Uh, so just the basics, um, and you can have the option to add lava sauce to any item, which is nice. Uh, the, the volcano menu will be available first with early access for Taco Bell Rewards members a month. And general availability, availability June 29th for a very limited time. This was established way back in 1995. Taco Bell is turning up the heat for the third time. So yeah, get your uh, volcano on. I know I'll be jumping on that. I like a good hot taco man this and, is going to ruin so many people's digestive systems it just is yeah that's what happens you only live once you only go around this big taco for a lot less time if you're enjoying right. these types of things in taco bell all right that's all the news man this shitty news this week dude i was very upset uh but some a lot of comics but only oh, some yeah. good ones i mean there were a lot of comics this week yeah, pretty overwhelming. Uh, I actually had trouble picking my third one this week. Um, the Forged was good. That's like a new Greg Rucka joint. But, man, it was a like 20 pounds of shit crammed in that five-pound bag. There was a lot to it. Uh, Miles Morales is also a shout-out. Uh, it was really good. But I want to call out the image book. I hate Fairyland number five. Uh, Scotty Young, Brett Bean doing the art on here. A little bit of a disappointment from the original run on I Hate Fairyland. Um, if you don't know what I Hate Fairyland is, um, years ago, a young girl named Gert wanted to go to Fairyland. And it was cool for a while, but then she grew up. And it became the worst fucking experience ever for her. It was a lot of tongue-in-cheek, a lot of potty humor. Really, really cool. Um and this is the sequel to that, where a rich guy, I guess, loses his son or his kid, one of something, in Fairyland, and hires Gert, who is down on her luck. The first issue of this, she was so down on her luck, she lived in Fairyland her whole fucking life. So she literally is not good at doing anything. So it's really hard for her to find a job. So she goes back to save this dude. Issues, you know, happen. We're up to issue five. The great thing about this issue, the reason it made my top three, is it was mostly a silent issue. And on the very first page, it had a QR code that you scan with your phone, and it plays a song. The song is called This World by Jack the Radio. I, I didn't listen to it. But I guess the book, you're meant to read it along. And it's not even read, you know. Man, that was a lot of buildup for you not even utilizing the thing you're talking about. Yeah, I know. I didn't even scan the song. Uh, but still, it was rad, dude. You know, she's fighting a monster, and at the now, end, that of is it, a the, much better use of augmented reality than like getting a menu at Denny's. That's right, and you know what? I'm glad you said that because it's in my notes. This is also a form of augmented reality. It's augmented reality is using technology to augment media that already exists. Menus lame. Comic books with a background soundtrack—that's fucking dope. Okay, very cool. Um, so this is the last issue of the first arc. She completes her th whatever, does whatever she needs to do, um, but then gets fucked by the dude who hired her. Now she's stuck in in Fairyland again, you know, and it's really terrible. But last page Damn reveal, the rich. Larry's back. 
Larry was Gert's like Jiminy Cricket, so to speak, you know, through the whole first series. And he hasn't been in this yet. Um, even though this was the last issue of this run, I think they're going to come back with a volume three with Gert and Larry. His name is Laragon Wentzworth the third, actually. Um, but yeah, dude, just a fun series. Scotty Young, um, anytime he does anything, I'm always on board. And it's another great series, another great series. In a week where there were a lot of books, but not very many gems, I'm glad I had this book uh, this week. Uh, Taylor, honorable mentions, and number three. All right, rapid fire for a lot of honorable mentions. Um, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number four gets honorable mention. I like this new villain. I'm actually kind of rooting for her a little bit. Um, oh, I am too. That la- that last that cliffhanger page. Oh, yeah. No. Wow. I'm sure they're fine, but wow. They'll be fine, you know. But um, Secret Invasion number five mm. was a lot of fun. Um, is mm. that on your list? No, I don't even have a, a an image for that. But yeah, that book was a lot of fun, dude. It's it was set, a lot it was of fun. More yeah. of a setup series. This is how I kind of assumed it was going to end, but it was still well executed. So, you know, mm-hmm. good stuff. Um, Captain America Symbol of Truth number 11 was a lot of fun. Um, we had our little Action dust time. up. Yeah, this was basically just one big fight scene, but it was, you know, well executed. And you got to love that Silva artwork for it. Yeah. Um, but uh, my actual number three this week is going to be Justice Society. Oh, sorry. Another honorable mention for Avengers. That was a lot of fun. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought you were going to pick. Yeah. I mean, it's penultimate issue of this. I think there's only yeah. two more um, issues left in, in Aaron's run. Yeah, this was... I think the next one is the end of this story. In the end, there's going to be some sort of wrap-up issue after that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. All of our people, you know, coming together. Um, you know, Mephisto, of, like, eating himself. Yeah, Mephisto has um, so weird. started breaking into the firmament of everything. So, yeah, this was a real hoot. Um, but it was setting up something even bigger for the next issue. So that's why it's an honorable mention on my list. That being said, I love the hell out of this story. I've loved the hell out of Aaron's run. So, yeah, real hoot. Um, okay, but my actual number three is Justice Society of America number three. Um, this one is a bit more... Um, subjective i guess yeah. this is why i like it because it is the main reason i like it is because it is such a treat as like someone who likes you know comic book history you know because we are going to all these different eras like we started off with like sergeant rock and um i didn't even realize that uh, this dagan guy who's our main bad guy here i didn't realize he was this older character that i didn't recognize yeah. but um yeah but yeah i love the uh the trip through like World War II era DC comics. I love the <laughs> gathering of the heroes finally at long last. And yeah, this has just been a whole hell of a lot of fun. Jeff Johns is really good at this type of thing. Yep, and agreed. Agreed. yeah, justice society is like a, uh, some pet characters of his and it's cool to see him writing them again. Yeah. Best line in this is power girl. Where's Superman. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And he never even showed up. You didn't need him girl. He got it. Uh, all right, Dave, this is a hard week for me to judge what you were going to have on your list, so let's do it. All right. Um, my honorable mention, uh, well, first honorable mention is going to be The Forged. Uh, no. Just seems like a, a less grimdark version of Warhammer 40K with a little bit go. of space above and beyond mixed in. Agreed, 100%. Uh, kind of did pack a lot into the first this first issue and it's a double-sized I'm, issue too well it's not a double-sized issue it is a black label sized issue it was huge dude it is a big 
comic it's a book. big ass comic. But it was it, good though, and it's Greg Rucka. He knows how to build a universe. I just think this one was a little bit more stuttered than some of his previous outings. It just seems know? it just seems like there's a lot going on for the reader to yeah. get really into. Yeah, uh, you know, like are the the are they clones? Are they like you know genetically engineered people? And then we got horny what? like princesses running around. Horny princesses, horny for their sister. It's it's a weird book. I'm all in. Yeah, that is a really weird was... thing to hear when you have no context for what you it's guys are talking weird, about. Dude. It's weird, dude. It's weird with context. It might be weirder with context. The horny, the horny space princess calls one of these forged into her chamber, and then she's like, "You and I are from the same batch. We're technically sisters." And it's, and it's like, like, "What the fuck?" Thing. Yeah, I'm going to insist that you move on to something else now. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, my next honorable mention is going to be Trojan number three. Yeah, I did not get the thing for that. Um, just uh, basically, no good deed goes unpunished is the the o- overarching theme of this particular issue. Uh-huh. Uh, so <laughs> it's just it's just really fucked up what happens. Another Dobby dies. So yeah. Uh, and then I, didn't uh, read it. I skipped it this week. I'll see, <laughs> it's you, it's, you it's really it's, it's really hard to it's really hard to kind of or explain it. Uh, it's, it's like the, a weird it's book. Like, it's basically it's like, like people hate on miss. It's sort of like that uh, Will Smith movie that's on Netflix where all of the mythical monsters are in the real world too. I'm um, more and, liking it to. I'm more liking it to that show on Amazon Prime, Carnival Row. But okay, yeah, they, yeah. They kind of they kind of stream people stream the torment and sexual abuse of yeah. fake creatures and yeah. and snuff films and. This, That's what's this happening one, here. Yeah. This bitch trying to get over to get revenge. Yeah, and, and it, she's like a fairy. And she she meets up with three of the more popular or well-known streamers or and pretty much everybody dies. This issue? Yeah. It, it's I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? I didn't read this this week, man. I'm going to I need to catch up on it though. There's only one issue left. I'll catch up yeah. next, next month. Um and my last honorable mention this week is going to be Masters of the Universe Masterverse. Oh my god. Number gosh. two. Go ahead. Um I mean, I sk- I'm skipping this. I didn't like the first issue. Well, it essentially what it is is Zodak, who is more powerful than He-Man, I would believe. He's a cosmic enforcer. Uh, he's like the Dr. Fate of Motu, right? Yeah, he is a or yeah, Met- Met- very Metreon or whatever his name is, maybe. Depending on depending on the continuity of he- Masters of the Universe, he either works for the elders or he is an elder. And the elders. Yeah. That's always that been of- a weakness of He-Man narratively is that he is like so much stronger than Skeletor. Yeah, you know it's hard to have drama when like the bad guy is just hopelessly outclassed by the good guy. Well, yeah. well, I mean, Depends Cobra on- Commander is kind of a wimp too. But yeah. at least he, at least that's like normal people, saying. and it's like an army and everything. It's not exactly. like superhumans exactly. fighting each other with their fists, where He-Man yeah. is just like clearly stronger than the bad guys here. Mm-hmm. Well, you haven't seen Revelations, then. <laughs> David, uh, I didn't... Whatever, just move on. Yeah. But, uh, but Zodak is there to judge judge He-Man, but not not He-Man, but every He-Man of the multiverse. That's right, yeah. This is like and, a multiverse. And he's like, he's like, I gotta... To really, truly gauge He-Man, how good He-Man is, I have to make him suffer. And it's just like, dude. <laughs> so weird. It is weird. So weird. Uh, uh, number three? 
Okay, my number three book this week is going to be Noctera number 12. Oh my gosh, I didn't grab that one either. I knew this was going to be a hard week. On the road again. So, I skipped this this week too, man. I was so busy. Uh, apparently the shades can turn people into shades faster now. And uh, our, our hero gets the black top bill treatment. So now she's got this coat, cloak of living night. That protects her. It's she's like, uh, like, like uh, tiny gone, robots, right? Like nanites or something. Yeah, she she's gone Vanta yeah. Black. Yeah, and she, but there's there they do know that there's a place that can restore light to the world, and now they're making their way to this place. But she has become basically she has taken on Blacktop Bill's powers. Yeah, and Blacktop Bill Which, has joined the Shades. Very weird. I, I need to catch up on this too. I'm an issue or two behind. Great book though. Scott yeah. Snyder, hard to go wrong. Mm -hmm. Tony S. Daniel doing the art too. I mean, shit. I mean, yeah, it's got pedigree. It's got yeah. pedigree. I'm just glad that it's starting to pick back up again. It's hell yeah. Been a little bit slow since their hiatus, but they're they're starting to get back on on track. Nice, nice. All right, that comes back to me for number two, Star Trek and number five, Colin Kelly, Jackson Lanzig, uh, definitely in the run, maybe front runners for best writer of the year. Uh, Roman Rosanos and Eric Tamayo uh, doing the art in a really fun sort of combination. Um, Trek comics have not been this good in years, possibly forever. Okay, look, it's Worf, it's Tom Paris, it's Data. Scotty is in there, Dr. Crusher, Benjamin Sisko. I mean, it's just leaning into the nostalgia of Star Trek in just the best ways. Um, Kalis II, who, if you don't know, is actually a clone of the first Kalis, who was the mythical, cre of, uh, like almost like a demigod of the Klingons, basically they're Hercules. Um, one of the favorite sayings you know, of them, uh, or Kalis' story, is he murdered the Klingon gods because they were too much trouble than they were worth. His mission is to kill all of the gods in the galaxy. We're talking crystalline entities. We're talking cues. We're talking the, um, the founders, the Bajoran gods who live in the wormhole. Who there Benjamin are a lot Sisko, of aliens in Star Trek. Like more oh, than there are. Dude, there good. are. And Kalis is really doing a good job. Okay. He is fucking murdering the shit out of them. Um, so the Klingons attack the ship with a boarding party. And one of the Klingons is fucking Alexander, Worf's son. What? Dude. So Worf is just like, oh, shit. You know, now he's like, he's in a tizzy now. You know, as you can imagine, right? So by the end of the issue, he ends up stealing a shuttlecraft to continue the hunt for Kalos and rescue his son. While Cisco and his and the rest of the crew... Chase after this, which is a god city that's been asleep forever. Kalis woke it up, was going to murder it, and it woke up in the process. The crew stopped them, you know, stopped Kalis. And now this ship is heading towards Earth to destroy Earth. Because it's like, no, fuck you guys. We're pissed. Why, so, are, I, why is it going to Earth when it's obviously... Because it knew who the... Because it, it looked at the ship and there was a human driving it. Cisco is the one who stopped them. He ah. went to the surface and he's like, oh, you're going to fuck with me? I can read your mind. Now I'm going to go fuck with you. And he's going to go murder, you know, Earth. Kill Earth. Um, Man, action-packed. Just fully Trek in its, in its presentation. 
but it's nostalgic. It's almost sickening. You know, it's like eating too much candy. It is so sickening. The Mansion had a really impressive representation from a lot of different tracks there between like, you know, OG and Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Although, of course, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, Next Generation in Deep Space Nine anyway. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great that like Scotty is still around and they're leaning into that. You know that he's yeah, still I mean working, he he canonically shit. was still alive during the next yeah. generation. Yeah, so great. We'll have more on on Worf's adventures in a minute, but that leads us to Taylor's number two. Uh, my number two this week is Immoral X Men number two. Nice. <clears throat> so this sense of sinister um, event has been just a whole barrel of fun. Um, Immortal X-Men has probably been the strongest of the three books for me personally. I like Storm um, and the Brotherhood, but 100%. Storm and the Brotherhood is good, but like that's we haven't seen our second issue of that. Mm-hmm. So based off of what all has like released like a body of work so far. But anyway, this one where we're basically like POVing from like Sinister himself, it's really interesting to see like the machinations. It's also just horrific to see what the mutants are capable of when like, you know, they're unleashed on the galaxy like this. Like this basically starts off with a uh, hope destroying a fucking solar system. She's literally using sentient mutants to do it. Mur- using yeah. them as living bullets. Yeah. To destroy these things. It's so immoral. It is 100% immoral and it's, it's so good. Yeah. It's just all these mutants, all these Krakoans with like, no reservations about doing the worst fucking things because they've all been sinisterized and yeah, yeah, just, it's just so fascinating to see what's become of all that. No. Yeah. Like we get our test drive for Rasputin four here who just like wrecks a whole army of mystiques. Although I will say having Colossus's like steel skin seems a little redundant when you're already intangible and have like Unis the untouchables force fields, but whatever, whatever. Hey, whatever. That's just sinister having a shit ton of fun. Yeah. Backup plan. Yeah. Always have a backup plan. I suppose. But for me, the best part of this issue was Exodus and his fucking Judas moment when he just like, Judas. you know, yeah, hope, um, you know, her power is that she takes other powers. And so when he gets yeah. to the surface of the planet, she's like, oh, wait, here I am going to murder another solar system today. He's all like, I'm just going to leave and you're going to be helpless. <laughs> and um, he, she doesn't have any real powers on her own. She doesn't. All she yeah. does is like take and enhance from others. And so when Exodus decides he's going to leave because he wants her as like a martyr rather than a pope. Um, yeah. it's such a brutal, like, kick in the teeth moment where, like, it's so fascinating to see, like, all these council members when they're just pieces of shit. Like, what it means yeah. for, like, has to have, like, an evil Professor X means a very different thing from having an evil Emma Frost, from having an evil Hope, from having an evil Exodus. So, yeah, this is... Maybe Storm of the Brotherhood of Mutants is going to change my mind next week. That was really good in its opening round, too. But this has, for me, been the best of the Sins of Sinister books so far. Yeah. My favorite part of this issue was Sinister taking the diamond off of Rasputin. And yeah, that's really fascinating to see, like, is. what is his gambit here? Because you know Sinister is still fucking Sinister. So, like... Right. For him to relinquish control, maybe, like, he figured, like, that's the one thing they would never expect me to do. But is this still leaning into House of X? The opening of this whole Hickman era? 
Maybe. I mean, is this that, how it happens? That was one of Moira's lies. I mean, presumably no, because like this is definitively not um, how it went during Moira's like eighth or ninth life, whatever that right. was. But, but what I'm leaning into here is the only reason we're even close to this reality is because Sinister used one of Moira's lies. That's true. So is are we start? Okay, it almost feels like it's a cycle. Like it never, it, it will never end. And Moira leaned into that in the uh, not what was the event where she was found out and went on the run? Oh, um, I know what you're talking about, but I can't. The mini yeah. lives of Wolverine, the lives. Yeah, of no, was it X Lives and X Deaths of Wolverine? I think it was. It was. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, that's where the that's where the wolf, the phalanx Wolverine from the future came back. To oh, he's fire. right. Yeah, that it was one or that. the other. Then whatever. Yeah. But anyway, she sort of leaves in into that. Am I? Will I ever actually find? A solution you know will i ever actually do it no matter how many chances i have will i ever actually get there because she talks about how history is repeating itself and i don't know man it's, it's a lot of fun to lean into really i think but yeah great issue dude for sure great issue uh dave number um, two. my number two is harrower number two harrower yep okay Go ahead. I have not read any of this. Uh, it's a book from Boom Studios. Uh, yeah, Justin, Justin Jordan. Jordan. I'm actually and, friends with him on Facebook. I should really read this. And Bram Ravel. Yeah. Uh, essentially, it is um, kind of like uh, Jason, Freddy, all the monsters that you know the teenagers have to fight. They, this one girl is kind of fascinated by him, but there's this one she's fascinated in particular called the Harrower. And he's kind of come to get her, but he's like, it's got all these tropes. Like, you know, the teenage house party while the family's away, he shows up, pretty much kills everybody but the girl. It's wild. He's fascinated with him. Yeah. So it's kind of like I have a crush on my last girl. Something like that. I, yeah, it's, nice. there's a, a she's she's not the last girl yet, but she's she's fascinated by these kind of tropes. And she didn't want to go to this house party. Then the, he shows up. He starts hacking kids with it. Then he sets the house on fire, and he already had like gasoline set to burn cars and stuff. His kids got away. It was nuts. Oh, wow. And then the police show up, and he's like going to start killing police now. It's it's like Jason on steroids. Nice. A smart Jason on steroids. Yeah, I need to read this. I have it. I just haven't picked it up. I'm so busy this week. Uh, so, But I would recommend, if you like where monsters lie, definitely get this book. Nice. Nice. Uh, all right, that leads us to the number ones. It's a Star Trek week. Star Trek Defiant number one. Christopher Cantwell. Angel Unzueta. What a great move. IDW releases both of these books in the same week, and for very good reason. This opens right after the events of Star Trek number five, where Worf leaves Cisco and the crew in a shuttle to go do his thing. He's going to hunt down Kalis the second because he wants to save his son. Uh, he lands, and just look at the design here. Very well done here with the Defiant. Just really cool. Um, but he lands on a planet that's sort of on the Romulan border. And Spock is fucking there. 
also canonically alive in the TNG. Also era. canonically alive. Yeah, not not too surprising considering when TNG last left Spock, he was going to try he was working to, to try to reunification. Reunite. Yeah. They talk yep. about that. They talk about that in this. Man, um, this is like such fan service bullshit, but I fucking love it. It is. That's exactly what's in my notes. It's fan service, but man, service me. I want to be serviced. Um Belana Torres shows up is the chief engineer on on the ship that they end up getting obviously you know which ship they're getting it's the defiant it's a tough little ship now yeah it's a tough little ship Kalis is using some old maquis techniques in his mission to kill the gods because obviously people are not going to be down with him just going around murdering sentient beings you know no matter what they're doing um so wharf has to sort of get this crew of uh, of just rejects. Spock being one of them. He's not a reject, but he's certainly out of the loop when it comes to Federation shit. Belana Torres, who, you know, is still a Maki at heart. Ro Laren joins this crew. Um, actually, Worf goes and breaks her out of prison. Um, so she's it's- still in the Cardassian prison then? No, she's in a Federation prison. Oh, she's in a Federation prison. Yeah, okay. Ro Lauren was in a Federation prison. He go, he breaks her out. So, War's plan includes using the Defiant, because that's his boat, you know, to hunt down Kalis. Now, Kalis is, again, using Maquis tricks. So, he's sort of positioned himself with some Orion pirates, Okay. So what he's doing, he breaks Roe out of jail. He goes and steals the Defiant and then blames Roe for it on Federation subspace channels, right? Like an anonymous tip, Roe Laren. So the, the, the Federation actually, it's in the issue. They put out a communication to all subspace channels and say, oh, hey, the Defiant was stolen. If you see it, get it immediately. Go and take it down because Roland <laughs> has stolen it and she's still with the Maquis. Take right? down the Defiant. Take down the Defiant. And Worf's entire goal there is to have Roland have some credibility with these Orion pirates so that they can track Kalis. Just fucking perfect, dude. Just so well done. It has a little bit of first issue syndrome, but it was all healed on the last panel, the last page. Where he's got Lore's head hooked up to the Defiant. We don't know what he's doing yet. But yes, Lore is going to be a member of this fucking crew. So fun. Trek Comics may have never been, may have in their history been this good. And I'm just so excited to see where this series goes. You know they're going to have some awesome captains, some great ships. Come and try to track down the Defiant. I'm well, so they inevitably excited. like converge again, and you have like Data and Lore on opposite like ends of it. Yeah, that's the talk. This summer, there's going to be a crossover event. So, I mean, there has yeah. to be. You know, oh, I'm so excited, dude. Star Trek TV has not been this good since since the, uh, the late '80s, early '90s, and we're there again. We're there again, but in the comics, you know. And Picard is leaning into this whole nostalgia thing a lot too. So. Yeah, very yeah, good. I mean, very by all stuff. means, give me that fan service. I am loving that in Picard so far, you know? Yeah, yeah. My least uh, favorite person on Picard so far is Jack, the new character. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jack Crusher got some problems. I think they're going to... Uh, I'm sure he'll grow on me, but like... Just wait. 
just he's just he an, yeah. he's annoying in these first couple of episodes. Oh, he is. He is. But he's man, a crusher. Captain Shaw. Mm, yeah, the yeah, hell he's a crusher. Is. Exactly. He's a fucking crusher. Shut up, uh, Wesley. Taylor number one. My number one this week, um, Wolverine number thirty-one. No way it wasn't. Holy yeah. shit! So yeah, this this has been one of the best Wolverine runs in a long time. This has probably been the best arc of this really awesome Wolverine run, just with Beast going. He is full on like he's dark cartoon supervillain. Yeah, yeah, he's dark mean, Beast now, dude. This was the big showstopper moment. He like raises the point from the ground. He um walks it out into the ocean and rips a submarine in half. Um, it, hell, starting off right, he booby-trapped his own body with the fucking, like... With the Last of Us virus. Spores. Yeah. yeah, with the Last of Us virus. Cordyceps. But, yeah, just watching Wolverine now reunited with X-Force, like, you know, we have got to stop this motherfucker before he, like, like just kills us all with his fucking machinations. And yeah, him starting up Weapons of X here at the very end with his own little Wolverine army here. Yeah, he's got his own little cloning thing. He cloned himself a bunch of times, so now he's got basically his own <laughs> council the of Dark beasts. Council, council of Dark Beasts. Yeah, Council yeah. of Hanks. And his own little squad of Wolverines. Uh, I just my- listen to him like monologue trying to like justify this bullshit that he's doing. It's He's a bureaucrat he's now. He's such a bastard he's a bureaucrat now he's like every every stereotypical cia agent in every action movie ever he's kelsey Grammer in fucking transformers he's i don't know he's just a terrible government dipshit now and oh i love it i love it it's so good dude um i think my favorite part of this issue was wolverine taking responsibility for it no, I, yeah. he's X-Force. I was on X-Force. You know, he didn't give himself any inches at all. No leeway. No excuses. This is on me. Ben I'm Percy. I'm going to go murder this motherfucker. Ben Percy, I think the secret to success is he truly understands what makes Wolverine a good character. Exactly. Yes, you're leaning into, like, you know, the violence and the things like that. And, you know, that, that is, like, intrinsic to the character. But also just yeah. Wolverine being the guy who will be the Sin Eater. You know, he will go in. He's he is what Beast is trying to be. You know, the guy who will do the terrible things that need to be done. But Wolverine keeps his true north. Right. Beast wants to, like, control everything. Wolverine wants to stop anyone from getting hurt who doesn't need to, you know, and just Ben Percy gets that about Wolverine. I think that really comes through in his writing. Yeah, 100%. Great issue. Great run. The Juan Jose Rip art is just awesome for this fucking. Oh, art. yeah. The body horror on display oh, in this. Great, dude. I mean, just look at this. Yeah. I mean, oh, that whole thing so with like Wolverine, cool. like in partial stages of development in the Vat, and that's not the most like horrific panel yeah. in the comic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Christ. So well done. Yeah. Great choice. Great choice. Uh, Dave, we're going to wrap with your number one. All right. Uh, my number one is no one number one. That's the only one I guessed. <laughs> oh it man, was solid, this, dude. It the is. Verse, the, it was really solid. It's essentially Massive Verse gets its own version of Batman. Exactly. Yeah. It's great. I mean, it, it, if you were to read this as a standalone, you wouldn't know it's part of the Massive Verse. That's a good but, thing. But you know, it's got 
it's got a Batman S character in there. It's got a Jim Gordon character in there. It's got a Vicky Vale character in there. Maybe a Robin. I don't know. But this not thing, yet, but it's not happening. yet. But it it happen. is you know it is just wild. You know, this police officers dealing with his past, and you've got this vigilante running around killing gangsters, and it's just and there's no mention of any other mem- any other thing in the massive verse. So you could read this thing right now and just enjoy it and not have to worry about any connections. Yeah, I think that's a really, really cool thing that Image is doing with this Massiverse. I want to see more of these. I want to see more shared superhero universes outside the big two. Uh, uh, Jeff Lemire is doing good things with the bo- uh, Bone Orchard mythos, you know, in terms of shared universes. Well, and Jeff Lemire genres. also did did some uh, universe building with Black Hammer. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, dude, for sure. Yeah, there are a lot of opportunities for these other publishers, not the big two, to do shared universes and do them right. And I think they're doing it. I think it they're is. doing it with this Massiverse. I think it's winning me over. It is. It is. Right now, like Inferno Girl Red, I'm not completely sold on, but uh, Radiant Black is great. Rogue Sun oh, is great. Radiant yeah. Red has been good. Dead Lucky has been fine. I just don't know where exactly it fits in the, to the Massiverse timeline. Seems like it's a little futuristic compared to the other books. Yeah. Uh, this book, I don't know where it fits in in the Masterverse timeline, but if I don't you, think that matters. But as I. Much. But like, if you're a Batman fan, pick up this book. This is a great, like, you know, Batman substitute when you know DC doesn't give you Batman. Yeah. Well, I mean, you say that DC's always giving us Batman. DC, but... There'll be a day when DC doesn't give us Batman, I, and that'll I, be a I don't sad day. That. I don't know about that. Dave, you are categorically yeah. wrong. If yeah, DC exists, there might be a day where DC no longer exists as a company, but until that day comes, they will be pushing out Batman. 100, 100. But yeah, this is a solid read. I'm glad I, I, I gave it a look. So uh, Awesome. That's the show, y'all. Thanks for hanging out. We really appreciate it. Check out the bullies. Leroy and Eli are going to be doing a show uh, later on tonight on these channels and others. Uh, pop culture, they're going to be talking about Shazam. They're going to be talking about Mando. I'll, Eli going to go off on Mando. I just know it. Um, but if you want links to everything they've got going on, you can go to outrightgeekery.com. That's also got links to everything we've got going on. All the social media, all the video, all the audio stuff. Uh, yeah, check it out. It's also got links to the Outright Geekery group on Facebook. Andy's running that thing. Go over there and check it out. We're always having a ton of fun over there. Um, uh, yeah, what else? Oh, we're going to be back tomorrow for sure, 100% tomorrow. We are going to be back to do the preview show. We're going to be talking about all of the new books coming out this week. Please come back and join us, and we'd really appreciate it. Again, thanks for hanging out, everybody. We love you. But most of all, thanks to these guys, these jokers, for hanging out with this joker. Waka waka. <laughs> Always fun. We are going to do it again next time. Same geek time, same geek channel.